Okay, so Obsessive Conversive podcast episode 15 with my good mate, Mason Jones. How's it going, man? Looking Just sharp? Trying to sort my hair out, do you know what I mean? Jazz myself up. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, obviously, it is Wednesday. Wednesday day? It is Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday and it is 2.41. So, um, yeah, fantastic. My favourite time of the day, really, because I get to sleep soon, so... It's uh, I've um, trained twice this morning. I trained 7.30 in the morning uh, till about half eight, nine. Um, this morning was a bit shorter because it's a bit more of a slow pace. And then um, I had an S&C session 10 till about half past 11. So it, it's, it's been a good push so far. Um, I just made myself some soup, homemade soup, because I do like to cook. Obviously, uh, I'm not quite as good as you on the old uh, chef front, but I'm on the go. Um, so I made a nice homemade soup from fresh. Um, and then yeah, go have a sleep and then get ready for training tonight. So uh, soup is enough fuel for you then, after all that? Oh no, um, it was only um, it was only a base. So my nutritionist, um, my nutritionist recommends I base stuff off um, like vegetables or salad, um, and then obviously I weigh my my pro my protein source out. So um, I always weigh cooked, and then I always weigh on. Um, uh, I always make cooked, and it's always either fish, turkey, chicken, or beef. And um, I'm allowed 225 grams of cooked sauce, and then um, 100 and well, 100 grams of um, cooked whatever carb it is. So like sweet potatoes, I normally use in lunch. But yeah. now my carbs yet. Yeah, I just had um, soup with a bit of meat and chucked it in and banging. Yeah. So I mean, as not every listener will will know, you're a celiac, aren't you? Um, so that sort of limits. Um, carb intakes, doesn't it, for for the day? But not not necessarily. It sounds like you you seem to stick around sort of your root vegetables from what you've just said. To be fair, I don't really eat complex carbs um, and nothing at all. Um, I don't really. The only time I I really eat bread is when I go down to your place and get some uh, a burger in. Um, mm-hmm. Back home, I I don't really eat complex carbs. Um, I don't eat breads. I don't eat pastas. Um, I'll make pasta and stuff for mad, but obviously being a celiac, I have to eat gluten-free pastas and stuff. And um, one is a nightmare, and two, I hate the taste. Like um, even, obviously it's not something, I'm one of those people who can eat pretty much any, anything. Um, the taste-wise just sort of depends as we go along. But it's um, like gluten-free breads and stuff, even though they're, they've advanced so much, it's still so full of crap and so full of sugar that it's just... I've never really been uh, an avid sort of bread eater eater or pasta or anything like that. So I normally do stick to um, white potatoes or sweet potato as my carb base. Um, Sometimes I'll have a bit of rice noodles, but that's a rare occasion. Uh, Normally, uh, or rice, normally I just stick to white potato or sweet potato. Um, Normally sweet potato at lunch and white potato in the night. And then um, I stick to oats in the morning. And then it's just eggs, turkey, fish, chicken, beef different types of vegetables, um, salads, uh, yogurt, all sorts, just all the good stuff in life. And honey, I'm massive into honey. Love honey. 
Yeah, so a lot of people think that um, it has to be boring to um, to be strict, but I don't think it does. I've um, I've always enjoyed eating plenty of veg. I've always enjoyed mixing up my proteins, um, and I think the only way I tend to be a little bit cautious is on different sources that I use because. Especially if, especially if you're in a bit of a rush and you go out buy your packet sauce or, or like a, a ready-made kit, you know, like the Thai kits and things like that, they tend to pack them full of sugar. But on on the whole, yeah, you can, especially yeah. if, especially if you, I suppose my advice would be for anybody that would be listening to this would be just experiment, find out what you like, because even if you're cooking for somebody else, eventually somebody else will like it, and just to it's think of um think of cooking like painting a picture so your ingredients are your colors so if you color if you're doing a sunset you're not going to put a black paint in there if you're doing a um i don't know a, ch a chili dish you're going to add your lemons limes etc it just makes it, it just makes it taste that little bit better and you can still be strict with it do you know what i mean it's um I don't know. It was it was something that I always struggled to get across to to clients when we're tr trying to get them to lose a bit of weight. It was oh, I haven't got time. It's like, what do you mean you haven't got time? I haven't got time for scrambled eggs in the morning. Well, do you know that scrambling know, an egg, scrambling an egg though, even on a pan, takes two minutes tops. I mean, you're not you're not cooking it like Gordon Ramsay. You're just scrambling a few eggs to get the nutrients. Yeah. Fancy ingredients. Crack two eggs, chuck it in a mug, chuck a mug in a microwave, whip it on for 30 seconds, give it a stir, whip it on for a minute, and you're done. Yeah. Absolutely. Microwave eggs. Um, yeah, there's always ways around things. And like um, people are too caught up in eating hot food as well. Like I don't really like eat reheating um foods too much. Like um a lot of time if if I have food, I prefer to just eat it cold. Like, I don't really like putting things in the microwave and reheating them. Like not nothing to do with anything to do with health wise or bonuses or cooking to treat nutrients. I just, I just prefer it as, as, as it comes to be honest. So like a lot of time, if I, um, if I make something in the morning, I leave it on the side, I'll just eat it cold. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit weird like that. <laughs> I, I, but, um, do you know what, mate? I don't think it's that weird. Well, I, perhaps it's just, we've got a similar mindset to, to that sort of thing. But I always remember my mum used to go mad at me when I used to live at her house. Cause it, I, She'd cook a Sunday dinner and either I'd um, slept in or whatever because I'd been out on the piss the night before after footy um, and I'd be quite happy to just eat it cold as it was and she she thought I was insane. But I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's more of us out there. Maybe I'll put that, anybody listening, message either me or Mason on Instagram, Twitter or anywhere you can get your social media. And let yeah, us know. Well, let us know if we are weird for eating previously cooked food cold, or if you do it as well. And I will get zero, zero mail for that. I can guarantee. <laughs> but it would be nice. So if you are listening and you do think that me and Mason are weird for eating cold, previously hot food, let me know. But um, so on on that though. I generally do prefer, like, obviously, um, I don't, I'm sure, I'm sure I've told you this before. I don't, I don't like not being on a diet. Like, 
people always assume dieting means that you have to be sort of hungry and struggling to eat. Um, and like, not allowed to eat this, not allowed to eat that. I'm going to burn this amount of calories. And like, oh, I can't eat that. that like, people always assume dieting as, oh, these are things I cannot eat. Yeah. And it's like, I always refer to be on a structured plan. Uh, that's a better way to explain it. As a structured plan on what I can eat with different options in. So like, you can have this meat, this meat, or this meat, this carb, this carb, or whatever veg you want with it. And you can do it all sort of different sorts of ways and just goes on weight. And it is so much easier because it gives you that so much that so uh gives you that control and that relaxation. Um so that you if you fancy different things, like I I went off chicken for like two months. So I was sticking to turkey, fish and beef, um, smashing loads of turkey in, into me. I was on loads of turkey mints and stuff, uh, different uh, turkey sausages and stuff like that. But it was just like it gives you that it gives you that control and it like all of it comes down to is calories in versus calories out and then obviously the the macro densities the foods you eat then um but the calories in and calories out is is the big one like if you want to lose weight you just have to eat eat less than you burn yeah it is that simple i mean obviously there's there's some people who um may have certain issues thyroid issues etc but no it is it does come down to you've got to put out more than you put in if you're looking to lose weight and there's no better group of people than fighters that know that whether it's a wrestler an mma fighter a boxer you've all got to be a certain weight for a certain date and i'd say it's probably nine times out of ten you guys make it isn't it you know there's there's the the good ones do and the good ones do unless this the only excuse there is to fail weight is medical problems, to be honest, because like, even if you've got, you've got personal things going on and everything else and there's different things, I don't know, like I know fighters who've made weight the day after their, their mother's died in a, in a horrific accident. Um, and I know fighters who've gone on to, to fight for world titles the day after their, their mother's died. Um, and like, that is heroic courage because you're not just going in there um to fight you're going in there with all this baggage dragging you down have you just switched from whiskey to beer yeah you have them now just yeah. switched from a whiskey to a lager <laughs> a wednesday as well nice. oh, 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 oh. But, but my my wednesday is um well my wednesday would be like no saturday friday really because i my my days off are split <laughs> split over the week all right all right we'll, we'll give you the power now but yeah, um, like there's net, like there's there's very little reason why people should make should miss weight. Very little, and then um, like people can take what they want from that, but it's just silly. It is just silly. Ninety six, ninety seven. Sorry, it's all right. One three, one five, one six. I'll make sure I don't send them again. So you need to be done. 108, 109. I followed your footsteps when I'm trying to conquer YouTube slowly. Yeah. But you're on Spotify, and you YouTube or Spotify? Uh, YouTube, Spotify, Both. Apple. Um, I haven't We're been using. I haven't been using the YouTube so much because obviously I've been doing this space that I'm in now. Um, yeah. And I'm sort of holding back on using that platform until um so where, where i'm sat here which is gonna this is gonna make absolutely yeah. no no sense to anybody listening right now but 
essentially I've got I've got space for two guests, uh, a guest and myself, and behind the camera, um, I've got a new camera set up. I'll have a production desk behind it, um, and just in general, it'll look better once I can have people over, which by the looks of things shouldn't be too much longer. Um, you know, touch wood that um, everyone can behave themselves and just stick to the rules as much so that we can get to each. It's step. not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We it's know not it's gonna not going to happen. But <laughs> everyone's panic booking holidays now. I know. Because everyone wants to go away. It's just done. And it is going to come out of lockdown. Everyone's going to try and go away if they allow people to. And all that's going to happen is um, in, in other countries that are sort of less affluent um, when it, and obviously have less control over vaccines and lockdowns and et cetera, um, infection rates going to go back up and then it's literally just going to be back to square one. It, it, I, I had the exact same, um, exact same thoughts. It was uh, my biggest thing to, that I don't think people are taking in, into account is... For a lot, for most people, I'd say, because it's not everybody is in the same position as you and I that have been able to do what we do for a living. Whatever you want. You've just had a yeah. year off. Why do you need to go on holiday? You've just had a year <laughs> off. <laughs> a lot of people don't like their life, though, do they? That's uh, what it comes down to a lot. It could be. A lot of people be. don't actually like their life, which is quite deep, which is not something to get into. But like, I know a lot of people whose main goals when they were, when they left school um, was just to get good money, um, which is never anything wrong with that. But then you should always obviously seek personal enjoyment. Like that's my outlook on life. And, and, and anyway, you should always seek personal enjoyment. So then whether that means uh, doing what, um, a boring job day in, day out or what you class a poor, boring job just so that you can save money up to buy properties or travel or whatever they want to do as their secondary time. A lot of people sort of have this mindset that if I work hard now, by the time I'm this age, I can, I'll have that much money, I'll be able to do what I want. It never works out like that. It never does. Um, the people I know, um, and obviously being in the position I am, I've met quite a lot of very rich and very affluent people. Are people who've gone out of their way and thought, I'm not going to do the, the A, the step one, step two, step three, by the time you're in your 70s, you've got a massive pension and loads of savings. They're the ones who've gone out on a risk and they've risked some, they've risked whatever. And on a business venture that there's worked out, obviously there's a lot of people who it doesn't work out for and that people can curse, but it's better to go take a risk um, and seek, um, well, to seek the next sort of, that next sort of band for yourself and it is to sort of sit back on on your your hunches and just sort of expect things to come to you it, it never works like that like um it was a, a friend of mine um who runs a company uh i have to try and say this without making it obvious who it is uh and the company started off quite small um and they were sort of a middleman supplying and, and buying and then they they just sort of like their, their main supplier started to go started to go on a little bit of wobble. So they they supported them, they backed them, they bought them out. And then um, they had a sort of a bit of a chain they started earning good money from because they always knew like as the middle and they had a good decent supplier who could move it. 
uh, and they started going from there and then um, they, they end up buying out the factory and all of a sudden then they've got a full chain uh, and then they just expanded from there to the site that they're a massive company and um, you uh, I, I know multiple people like I who's gone out on, on their own and sort of taken risks and taken ventures and some of them you speak to and they they never expected to get to the size they are they just decided like they never had like goals of world domination or dominate or dominating Wales or doing what they do. They just started doing what they loved. It started from A to B and just kept getting bigger as they went. Yeah. I mean, there's, I've got a similar story. The guy that um, used to own the, the building that I ran my, my gym from, he, uh, he started as a milkman <laughs> and he, he bought it, bought some steel, created a massive steel business and now he does, um, you know, I, I call them flat pack houses now. You know, you know the, yes, I know. Where, where they design Sweet, the houses. Um, what are they called, Dan? Sips, isn't it? Is Swedish it houses, isn't it? Yeah, so, something like that. There's like some abbreviation for them. But basically, I mean, I, I used to get the boys that worked in the factory, because my, my gym used to be right next to a factory. So I just pop Prefab it. houses, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'd pop my, my head in and just be like, boys, can you knock me up a couple of boxes? They'd be like, yeah, yeah. Be with you Wednesday and they, they just used the stuff they're going to throw away. Um, and they, they built me a, a, a lifting platform. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was great. But the, the, the guy that was essentially my landlord, he, um, he's, he's got a bloody a gated house. He's got brand new cars every couple of months and stuff. It, like I said, he started off as a milkman, took, took a bit of a gamble on, working in the steel in- industry, started making, I, I think I might be getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was like not fabrications, but doing like the, the frameworks for, for industrial buildings and stuff. Multi-millionaire now. Well, um, do you see the, have you read the, the boys who did the AU Vodka? Have you read their story? Uh, no. When I read an article on it the other day. When I say the other day, it was a couple of weeks ago. So um, they were literally two boys. Um, they had full-time jobs doing different things. Um, and for more, I can remember reading, they, um, they wanted to do something. Um, ended up looking into sort of making their own vodka uh, around Swansea um, because they thought they could give a sort of a higher class vodka um, that people would like without having to pay like stupidly amount of prices. They just thought they could improve on like the normal staple vodka. So um, they they made their cut they made their product and started selling with it. Stop selling to um, bars around Swansea. And then um, who's the um, who's the DJ on radio one? Um, oh my god. He was big at one point but he he, he left a while back. Um, it was like all to do with rap music he was. Can you remember? Oh, yeah. Big dude. Yeah. Charlie Sloth. Charlie Sloth, that's it. So Fire in the booth. They ended up somehow giving a bottle to Charlie Sloth, and Charlie Sloth liked it so much, he backed them uh, and sort of bought his own share of the company out. And then obviously with his connections, they just started giving bottles left, right, and center to celebrities. Got it endorsed by I don't know how many people. Um, and then obviously it became a, a fan thing then. So people were prosing with these solid gold balls AU obviously the chemical symbol for gold and um, it just took off like my brother loves this stuff um, like not because of the 
all the fluency stuff like McGregor did, but just because he said like it, it's really well made, like you wouldn't actually know it's vodka when you mix it. You don't get the um, the after the after kick. So for for, for younger audiences and stuff who just literally want to get drunk without tasting the vodka, it's perfect. Tastes it's supposed to taste lovely. Obviously, me being a non-drinker, I I wouldn't know. So I'll leave that down to you to experiment. Have to try them all. <laughs> yeah, but I'll look into it. Uh, we've got we've got a similar company in Hereford. Um, have you heard of Tyrrell's Crisps? Yes. Yeah. Well, Tyrrell's um, is based in Hereford, and they um, they sold they sold their farm and to a company called yeah. Chase. And Chase used the um, oh, there he is. Hello, <laughs> um, Gremlin. <laughs> um, they started using Chase started using all of the potato peels to make vodka. Vodka. Oh, smart. That's very smart. It's <laughs> so brilliant. <laughs> See, I Lord Gremlin. I, I can't. Um, I mean, Jack and Jerry could come in here. There's plenty of space for them, but they. Well, Jerry'd be all right because he's old, but Jack would be howling and making it. He, he makes old man noises where he sort of just goes. Rrr, rrr, rrr. So it'd just be constantly picking at her. She just wants to catch. She just loves being catched. Sam, obviously my girlfriend's dog friend who I haven't seen before. Um, my girlfriend's in work. Um, so I dropped her down to my parents' house this morning. My um, mum's waiting for home, so she looks after the dogs. And then um, after I finished training this afternoon, I went down and picked her up, come back to the house, and then she'll have, um, I'll have a nappy over the dog, uh, stay with the dog. And then um, when Mad comes home, we'll do a swap So, um, Getting on to your last fight, then. Was there? Was first of all, we won't talk about the result or anything like that just yet. I'm thinking more uh, in terms of yourself. What what was different in your preparation, and how different was the feeling getting to that? Because you've you've said it for a long time. I mean, I've known you what two, two, three years. Yeah, two, two, yeah, two, three years. Two, three years. And Must be two, three years. Yeah, yeah. It was that fighting in the UFC, regardless of results or anything. That that was the goal. That was the aim. Was to get to that point, wasn't it? Was to fight on the biggest platform well, that you that you. Um, that was. Yeah, but it like my goal's always been the top of the UFC. Like getting the UFC was just a sort of. Uh, an accolade to go on the wall and it was an achievement but it was nothing that was sort of it was an end tier like a lot of people sort of have this end goal of getting the UFC and then they sort oh, of they, yeah. they, they had a stumbling block for me that for me that was net um, for me it was just to get the UFC and really start training, uh, fighting against the best in the world um, as the pressure and stuff wise I felt fantastic um, I didn't have any pressure I felt good I loved the walk um, I couldn't like believe it. how professional the UFC was Oh, I loved it, mate. Honestly, I, it was beyond my wildest dreams. Um, and that was with an empty arena, pretty much. Um, there's a few people there. So there's a, um, there's a few things I want to talk to you about that in terms of the empty arena, etc. Um, and also the... Um, there, was, there was two things that I wanted to sort of mention that I, I, don't, I haven't listened to the podcast you did with Sean. Why do you know? But... Um, 
one was that you genuinely looked like you were enjoying yourself. Like, here I am. I loved it. I'm here. Um, And the second thing was, and I think you've met Berth that works with me at the Beefy Boys. He's a big, big MMA fan. He's, he keeps me up, up to date with stuff because he's constantly sending me stuff all the time. Um, and and Sean at the same time as well. We were, we were all watching the fight and I was like, I have the, same, I have the same, exact same with Jack when Jack's fighting. I, I fucking love this, but I hate it. I hated it when I was cornering Chris. Um, uh. It's a feeling like, like, because you're completely out of control. You can't help your mate. <laughs> we spoke about this before. I, yeah. I hate watching people fight. Like, I hate it. People I, I want, like, watching the boys I, I know and boys I train with fight, um, it kills me. It absolutely kills me. Even people I'm not really, that are from the same place as me and I've met before that I don't really get on with that well. Like, watching them fight, I still still get butterflies and I still feel terrible watching them fight. And you do want people to do well. Even people you're not sort of that close with or people who have sort of made comments before. That you you still want him to do well? Do you mean like you always do? Like I don't, I will never wish another fight around well. Um, obviously, you you just want to see people live out the best they can, but unfortunately, there's always someone who's got to lose. Yeah. And what was it? Well, you give your points, and then um, I'll tell you where I went differently on this fight than the others. Um, I think. I think my 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 main point was that it was it was really really good watching you walk down to the cage in in the you uh, it, it wasn't that much different to watching you in cage cage warriors etc as the champ you look relaxed you look happy. champ champ yeah you look happy to be there um and when when you see some fights on the undercard often it's like like because i mean i knew who you were i didn't know a great deal about your opponent checked him out obviously i did i didn't know a great deal though so you know did did a little bit of googling and whatnot and it's always a a tough one when it's somebody that you know that's fighting or somebody that you're rooting for because trying to judge how the fight's going to go like you see in the walk, the walk-ins, and he, he was quite intense. He was like, "Yeah, yeah," but that's not always a good thing. But being relaxed and happy isn't always a good thing. Um, and what I will say is, I, I was quite confident in what you were going to bring, um, because I wasn't seeing somebody that was happy and overlooking an opponent. You were, you were taken in. I just love the destruction, mate. I just love the destruction. I love the blood and I love the war. And that's a problem sometimes, obviously, it's with the fu- last one. When it's you a just fucking stand there problem. And as- over and rights all day. It's a fucking problem when you're... The- like, I literally knew that that's how it was going to go, though. I was going, Mason's got to get a couple of slaps in. He's got to be slapped a couple of times before he goes, right, here we go. And it fucking happened again. And I was like, ah, Mace, I don't want to see you get punched in the face like that when no. you don't need to. But it's not like... Um, like, We're getting like, better. I like when I used to train Chris. From this. He he told me though. He said that because he's a nice guy, and you're naturally a nice guy. It's almost like you well, need, you, you need you need to feel that that what what's um 
the guy that does the breakdown is called the, the Bing. You need the Bing to realize that, oh, I'm actually, no, I need to go, I need to go give him a fucking hammer in, which you fucking did. And I still stand by, regardless of what you say and whether you're being humble or not, I feel like that fight was a draw. Genuinely. Ah, I, I genuinely. A draw would have probably hurt me more than the loss. Um, right. So, my side of things. So, um, for one, um, I don't, it's weird. Like, I'm very, very aggressive, even though you'll never really see that side of things. Like, I'm very angry all the time. Um, I'm very, I'm quite a nasty person most of the time, to be fair. Um, it's just because I train so much, I stay so calm. Um, it's always been like that since I was a kid, to be honest. But um, fighting wise, I'm just sort of, uh, I am a slow star. I've always been a bit of a slow star, and I don't really need to be hurt. It just sort of takes a while to sort of find my rhythm. Um, so I come out, um, we had a little bit of a miscommunication with the touch of gloves thing where they tried to tell him like three times, no touch of gloves, and he still was trying to touch my hands. Um, I hate touching gloves before starts a fight. So there was that. But no, um, so we started. Um, I started trying to cut angles on him, felt a little bit heavy on my legs. Um, like I said, I, I won't give you excuses to how I performed. But, but for, for me, I, I didn't feel 100%. I felt more like 30 40%. Like I didn't really feel fantastic in there. Uh, I felt a little bit slow on my feet. Um, nothing to do with camp. I think I made a couple of miss sort of little errors in, in my preparation, but stuff that shouldn't have really caused that. I just sometimes, like Der- uh, Derek Lewis said on the weekend, some, some days you turn up and some days you, you sort of turn up and you're missing uh, a couple of sort of key ingredient that you just don't know why it could be. Um, so, but their excuses, and there's no such thing as an excuse, there's just uh, mistakes. So I kept my left hand low, um, sort of sat on my front leg a bit too much and didn't use my movement, which I'm normally quite um, fluid on my movements, um, stayed sort of quite heavy planted uh, and exchanged with him. And like, I told my coaches in the game plan, I was going to go out there, I was going to move, I was going to pick him off, and we was going to use um, uh, hit and run tactics. We are just going to tear him apart and run. Um, and I sort of did the complete opposite. I didn't move and I didn't hit him hard enough. Um, and for people who were like really confused on that. So the first round, we sort of had a bit of an exchange, had a couple of tears. Um, he beat me to range a little bit. Um, he, was, he covered range quite well. Um, and I struggled to get my combos off, started to hit flow, forced my combos a bit through. And we had a we had a bit of a tear up. And then he caught me with a shoot on entry when I closed. Uh, I didn't um, defend my hips at all. Scrambled back my feet. We started working. I threw a kick, load setting it up. He caught the kick, followed me down. I worked back my feet. And that happened a couple of times. So we went back to the corner after round one. Um, it was quite 50-50, but he had sort of, he had, he had had a couple of takedowns and he had some good exchanges. So, I was like, look, I'm down around. So um, we spoke in the corner. I said, look, I'm down around. I need to win the next one. Um, there was a bit of sort of miscommunication in my corner. Uh, a couple of things, sort of people overriding each other, which didn't really go well. But nothing that sort of made any major mistakes. We went back. Um, my coach said, look, whatever you do, don't go straight to the middle. Don't go at him. Try and go around him. Um, keep your hands higher and um, be careful going in. Perfect. So what I do... I thought, right, I need, in this round now, I'm a round down. Um, don't worry about landing power shots. Just go in there and make sure that you score more significant shots in there. Make sure you scrape the round, get a good round in the bag, hit him with some pressure, and he'll start slowing slow down. And then you go into the third round, you can really start sort of enjoying yourself and landing those bigger shots. So I went in there. Uh, I scored more significance in him, put some good pressure on him. Obviously kept my left hand low again. I took, was taking shots I didn't need to. But um, 
on the scorecards, I won round two. Uh, two, two judges give me round two. And um, do you mean like I, I, I felt decent in, in, in there, but it was close. So we come back to the third round. For the, we only come back to the corner for the third round. And they was like, look, um, it's close. And I said, look, I, when it's close, straight away, you've, you've got to think you're down around. So again, we sort of, we come out, there's a little bit of more of, I need to just make sure I'm outscoring and make sure that I beat them on the stats. So that when they go back, I thought if they look at the judges' scorecards now, um, it's about a round each. I need to make sure I win that last round to make sure I win it clean. Or if not, just keep hitting him. And I rocked him in, in, in the second round of the cross. But if, if I sort of slow down, start, start trying to land some volume and just sort of land some power shots, I think I really would have hurt him. But I thought, no, just make sure you're outscoring and make sure you get this win because you need to win this debut. It needs to make sure you get a solid win, right? So awesome. So went back out the third, pushed the pace. Um, I think I, I won the first four minutes, to be fair. Like the first minute was quite close. The next three minutes were all me. And then the last minute, um, my coach had said to me, look, you, 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 you can't be afraid to take him down. I had this thing in the back of my head. I put some shoots, some shots in and um, some metal chains. So I shot his legs to take him down. And um, I put some terrible entries in and sort of we scrambled back up. But that last minute, that last round, I should have just taken it down. If I had sort of kept my left hand higher all the way through, I would have won. If I had hit that takedown the last minute, I would have won. And if I'd gone out there and stuck my original game plan, I would have won. If I'd stayed fluid on my feet, I would have won. But all these things, all these 1% things or 2% or 3% or even 5%, whatever they are, things that and uh, mistakes I made, they all add up. And there's different things. So uh, when we come back to it, I uh, that last minute, my last round, he scored and he clipped the round. And I thought it was two rounds to one. I thought I lost. I mean, that's that's a fair analysis. You've obviously sat down, watched the tapes back, probably, and until you can't bear to watch it anymore. But you're right, though. It is like you, and you're going to have a better analysis than I am. At the end of the day, you've got a team behind you. What I will say is that um, as you, I don't even think this is ever in doubt, but as, as, as many mistakes as you know that you've made in those 1%, 2%, whatever, fucking hell, mate. What a hell of a performance. What a hell of a debut that actually was. Hell of a chin. Hell of a chin. I mean, have, have you listened... Back to it on Fight Pass, listening to the commentary as well. Yeah, just... that. Um... I've got a reason why I asked that, so I'll, I'll do the usual finger cross. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. I listened to it on yeah. Fight Pass. I yeah. listened to DC Felder you... and um, who's the other guy who I did the podcast with? What's his name? I didn't be with John Dunn. Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed this, but it was the first thing that I started noticing in the fight, I mean, obviously I was watching the fight, how much DC started to change from the, from the walkouts. DC was all about the lad he knew, etc. And then all of a sudden it gets to, I think probably the end of round one and DC's commentary has changed and he is almost in awe. And I can't remember which commentator it is, but he, he turns around and he goes, hey, those boys that are up in those valleys from mining towns, they're made a different gravy, mate. Good then. Yeah. Good then, guys. And it, it, was, it was interesting to... And then it was almost like PC 
to begin with, wasn't giving you the time of day. He obviously, he, he, DC's a fucking great professional, isn't he? He would have done his research, but he knew yeah. more about he knew more about your opponent than he did about you. Of course. So, so he was all like, he was. It was almost like he was expecting. Oh, uh, yeah, he's you know he's had a bit of a rough time, but he's come out here. He's just he's he's taken an undercard. He's gonna he's gonna ping this guy, and he's gonna be he's gonna be up there getting main cards. ASAP, which to be fair, judging by the way that both of you fought, if I was to see your next fight or his next fight and you're appearing on a main card, I wouldn't be surprised because mate, if I'd gone out there and performed hundred percent, I would have walked through him in two rounds. <laughs> I, d- I would have, I just but mate, so there's I, a lot I, of things going in into it. I don't disagree with you though, mate. I don't disagree with you. Um, but what I will say is that like you obviously know how you felt. But in terms of your performance, in terms of somebody watching it, you didn't seem like you were at 30, 40%. The only thing I did, and I I text you not long after, is like, should have used a bit of that judo, mate. But I didn't didn't want to be too much of an armchair dickhead sat there having a lager. Uh, But but it's, it's always been a... A thing for you, I think you you know you've got that if you need it. But you, like your stand up's always been so good, and it's got it's it's got you through stuff that something like your your ground game is fantastic as well. But you see, you seem so, like you seem like the type of guy that's reluc- reluctant to use it. So one of the quick one of the things we noticed was my middle game. So that's. I could get in on shots very well. Uh, I got under and around um, Mike quite well, so I got around his legs quite clean. Um, the middle game, so where you you sort of you you've got you caught the legs and you're looking for a finish, or you're using it to set up to get to the waist, um, was completely wrong. I got into quite a lot of bad habits in my camp this fight and my last camp probably and the camp before that with different things that have gone on that literally um, since we've come back and started tearing everything apart. The little things that you just fall in into, it's sort of like a training rut that sort of really affected me. And like, if I'd been able to go out of time, I think these things would have happened. And like, obviously, I'm not the person who's, again, who's going to make excuses. So please don't take this as an excuse of any sort because there is none. But um, there's little things that I, that I should improve on and little things I should watch out what I'm doing myself. And like, I'm experienced enough to do. And like, like you said, like my coach said, it, it was almost as if you just sort of assumed that he was better wrestling than you, so you didn't want to try and wrestle with it. That's, it I looked like, like that. It did look like that. And yeah. that's mad and to like me. when Give, he took me down... Given your, given your background, it's almost yeah. like you're you're incredibly confident in what these two things can do and your and your legs. But given your background, you'd think you, like, you, that's where you'd fall back to. Because that's what yeah. happens like a lot of the time, isn't it? You see a, a, a jiu-jitsu oh. guy, when the striking doesn't go well, all they're looking to do is get it to the floor or a wrestler. Yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to think of an example, but I've got, I've got one in my head, but I can't think of the guy's name. But he, he'd always try and strike. But if it if it wasn't working, it's wrestling, and I'm going to smuggle fuck you until until I get the until I get the results. Khabib used to do it. Like, he'd, he'd, sta- he'd, he'd stand and trade. Okay, this ain't working. He's caught me twice. That'll change. And it's it's all yeah. 
uh, the crazy thing for me is that like, I know that you've got that strong background in it, but it's like you're reluctant. It's like, no, I don't want to be that guy. Because they were bigging it up as well in the commentary. They were like, he's a judo black belt. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He's, he's, he's this, he's that. It's like, this. I knew I knew you weren't going to use it. I knew it. I knew it. I could tell. It was like... Don't say that, but no, you... To be fair, mate, right, when he took me down, when he took me down, I got back on my feet really well. Oh, you did, um, you I, did. I think I surprised him because, like, the level, I, try, I tried to sweep him a couple of times, usually to create level changes to get back on my feet really well. But um, he was really based on onto his onto his feet so that he was, like, he was decent to keep you pinned, but he had no sort of confidence in trying to exchange jiu-jitsu-wise. Like, I really think he thought if he tries to exchange jiu-jitsu-wise, I was going to sub him because all he wanted to do was just happily sit on my feet. He, there was no... Like, oh, let's get stuck in. Let's try and mix up a little bit. He was just take down weight. So he did make me work back to my feet. But, um, yeah, there was different things. There was loads loads in that fight. Like, I watched back so much. We've done review meetings and different things. And, like, so much that I sort of went wrong that I didn't perform right. And, like, I'm still just waiting for that, that little click, that, um, that little snap to get everything flowing together. And um, I work at it every day. And, like, even now, I feel so much better now than I used before that fight, just like preparation wise and my S and C wise, my kick in, my strike in, my my boxing, everything's sort of being blended together more and tighter again. And my jiu-jitsu, my rest, and everything's flying. So obviously there is always swings around routes, but everyone's a learning experience. So like the next fight you see from me is just gonna be again, is it's gonna be a next level. That's the easy way to look at it. Yeah, well, I don't think anybody that even if that was the first time seeing you fight. I don't think anybody expects anything less. Like if you come out, that's your first fight. And in fairness, a guy had a few years on you, etc. And like I said, like you, I watched that fight and I was like, probably a bit biased. I probably had you to win it, but that's probably bias. Um, and like I said, a, a draw probably was was how I saw it overall. And that's genuine. That's not me. Just be just saying that because because we're chatting now. That's genuinely I've I've watched it, I think four times now, and every time I watch it, I'm like, <laughs> I don't see as a judge how you clearly score that for either fighter because there was there was a number of times. But you know, I'm not an MMA judge. I'd, so, I'd, but when we hit it back, um, so the forward pressure only counts if you're landing significant damage with it, and then the significant shots vary. And certain significant shots can be more depending on their significance. So they can rank certain significant shots as more important on impact. So again, if I kept my left hand a little bit higher uh, and not allow those shots to land so clean, even if they were coming through, as long as I had that shell tighter, they probably wouldn't have scored as much because the hand was down. They were sort of cracking me and I'm whipping back. Yeah, they yeah, scored yeah. a bit more. So they sort of counteract my pressure because he was landing more. But um. What's, what's funny it is, though is it? What it is like, it I'm is. not sad about it. It's just work, get back, improve, get back. Oh, of course. Like there's zero, zero, zero for me. Like there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so the I'm not... fight win streak and the losses. Like it's always nice to be in undefeated, but it was never a major selling point. Like I just, I've always wanted to fight the best in the world. So being undefeated is obviously something that's it's hard to keep in. And anyway, but obviously I would have preferred to have gone out there and. And being smashed, and I would have preferred to have gone out there and lose on such a close decision because it shows that, like, if I performed, that I I would have completely wiped the floor with him. It just didn't do enough. 
and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter whose horse is faster. It only matters who turns up on race day. Yeah. Um, but you also do have to take some pride in that performance, mate, because like I've, I've seen lots of guys that I know fight and I can honestly say like as much as you know in yourself what more you had potentially in terms of a mate watching a mate, it was like, fuck it out. Like, you could have laid any more on the line there. Um, you took, you, you, you could have, like you're saying, like, I understand. I understand where you're coming from with that analysis. But in terms of somebody watching you, it's like you've given as much as you've taken. In, in my eyes, I feel like you hurt him more than he hurt you. And I'm saying that from somebody that knows you and seen you fight and seen you fight live is that I know, I think I, I think I could judge if I knew you were hurt and there was not, yeah. there, there wasn't very many times that they did land big punches and your head snapped back. It didn't look to me as, you, as someone that knows you. I, I was, I wasn't worried. I was like, no, he needs that. He just, he's, he's, he's a sadist. He needs to get a little fucking slap and tickle around the ears before he's he's ready to turn it on because i've Switches seen it so, on. i've seen it i've seen it so many times but um yeah um i'm, I'm glad you're not looking at it as a as a negative and i really hope you aren't because nah um it's it like it i i'm too positive to, to sort of take things like that to be honest like then the day they're all learning experiences just sort of adds more to the adds more to what I need to do now. That's, that's all, all it does. So I just set myself up for more adversity. Like I need to win the next one to make sure I solidify my foundations. And then I can start making my climb for the division. But all this has done is highlighted mistakes that I need to improve on. And like if I won three fights in a row um, and then ended up taking a loss, I guess it would have hit me back further than taking a loss now, as long as the next one is a good performance. So, um, Rather than analysing the fight, that I mean, you've done that. So oh, sorry. That's going to be boring for you to be going over. Speaking of Uncle Dana, so you get Uncle you Dana, get, you get fight of the night. Does he contact yes. you about that? About that directly? Does he like give you a, I, a, a call? He's like, Mason, it's Dana. I still, <laughs> I still not had one word with Mister White. I um, shook hands in the way and it's the first time he sort of uh, even acknowledged me, I think. Um, and that's it. I, I don't think we've, we've shared a word here since. So um, I don't think I impressed him enough to uh, warrant speaking to. So it just means I need to step my game up. Oh, that's, that's a little bit disappointing. I would have thought he'd at least sent you a, a message or an email or something just to be like, congratulations, fight tonight. Incredible fight, kid. Nah. You, you, you thought it'd be something that... UFC got too much on. I suppose. It's a huge company, isn't it, now? UFC. Yeah, and like if you look, like you got people like Max Holloway fighting, they got bloody Hooker, all these people coming through in different weights and doing different things, and then trying to juggle so many different opponents and fights and so many different people. But unless you stand out, you just slide in the background. And unfortunately, I didn't do enough to stand out. I think you, I think you're you're downplaying yourself a little bit, mate. But um, because Just that was the next one. Yeah, the next what, one. I'll, I'll, I'll sort everything 
Of course, I'll watch the next one. So, right. So, speaking of fights, have you seen this recent bar fight with the American football player and the, a guy that's probably about our size? Two MMA boys. Yeah. You seen it? Oklahoma State receiver, his buddy, and two MMA boys. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> it's just a classic, though, isn't it? It's like you, you pick on the wrong people. Over and right, level change, hooks, yeah. bit of a RNC, and then ground and pound. Um, the, the other guy catches him, drags him around a bit, suplexes him, smashes head. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shots to drive him home. Drives um, him home. Like, like I said, I've only done minimal jiu-jitsu in my life. I saw an armbar there, though. I did see an armbar. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I'm mental, honestly. Mental. I just can't believe that he's rolling around in piss. Piss, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Do you mean, like, you can take... you Like, there is ways to take people down where you don't actually land on top of them in piss. Just, like, take them down, stay standing, and then drop some bombs down on them while they're led in piss. Yeah, because I've... I've read Honestly, that... that's not my official advice. My official advice is fighting is very, very barbaric and not something that sh- should be condoned or <laughs> should happen in pub toilets. No, but it does. Um, it's not usually as organised as that, though, is it? I, mean, I think I saw... Yeah, that. it seems as if, our, um, the, from what the outlook of it is, it looks as if those um, NFL players had a bit drink and were sort of throwing their weight around. Um, and obviously seen these two tiny little wrestlers and thought, who do they think they are? Uh, I could literally smash the shit out of them and it looks as if one of them have dug one of them. Yeah. He had a bit of a bleeding nose in the knee and then obviously you've seen him retaliate and actually just smash, smash. Yeah, he smashed your boy. Yeah. It looked looked like he... um, I don't know if if I've watched it wrong, but from what I saw, it looked like... He had a bit of a nosebleed and he wiped yeah. it on his face before he punched him. That's what it looked like to me. It's he slaps like, him the first time, doesn't he? He slaps yeah, him. That's what I mean. But, but just before he slaps him, he wipes his face, doesn't he? And then like slaps him and and then digs him. Binks him. Americans. So uh if you got when when the COVID finally goes away, have you got plans to be going back over to America? Uh, before COVID goes away, to be fair, I'm looking at mid-March now. You're going to go so back to Alpha Mail. for a couple of little things. Yeah. Because other places I want to go, um, obviously, to try different training out. Um, my coach's got, um, my one coach's got um, good connections to Gilbert Burns and stuff, so I'd love to go out there and train with those. Um, another one of my coaches um, uh, set me up with training with Kayla Harrison and then before, um, so we could go out there. There's loads of different gyms we go to, travel a lot, but um, I I do like Team Alpha Male and I do like Sacramento. So, um, yeah, we would go back to, T, uh, to Sacramento and Team Alpha Male. Um, I just waited for, uh, obviously, sorry, I'm waiting for me to be able to go. Like, um, I've got a work visa, that, so that means I can stay out in the States. It's just a nightmare to get across with a presidential writ and some other things. So um, that's in the process of being sorted. Four dead. That'd be good then. Uh, yeah, it will, mate. I love. I I do love America. Like America is such such a fantastic country for all its problems and for all the 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 stuff that they have going on. It's such a fantastic country. Obviously, Texas not so much at the moment, but uh, 
everything else. Yeah. Every other state is, yeah, fantastic. I suppose um, Sacramento, is that, that's in California, isn't it? California. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's going to be a toughie because the, the governor's a bit of a knob and he, and he's, he's more or less doing what we're doing over here. Whereas a lot of the states are opening back up now, aren't they? It seems like a, a lot of the coastal, coastal um, states are staying in in the lockdowns. But I was listening well, to. To I was be listening- fair, if I can get, God, sorry, if 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 I can get to America, then I can go anywhere in the states that works visa as long as I'm employed out there, which is decently easy to do with the UFC stuff. So I can get out to Uriah's no problem. It's just um, because of the the US the US UK border is mm-hmm. completely closed. It's actually getting to the US uh, that way. Like, as soon as you get there, the, the US border would turn you back because they don't want people coming in. The only way you can get in is with a presidential writ or a writ of passage, and um, they, they're quite hard to get um, unless they've got a fight coming up. So, um, But my manager is on it, and he thinks he can sort it, so we'll see. I'm sure, and I'm sure it'll... I'm... <sighs> Well, I, I say I'm sure. I'm not sure. But I'd like to think that, um, like I said on the opening part of the podcast, I'm, I'm hoping people aren't fucking idiots and screw everything up for those of us that have been doing, you know, playing by the rules. and What we should have done. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, mate, I had, um, I had another COVID test the other week. Um, I didn't feel too good. And obviously, because I'm training with people in close proximity all the time, Oh, you me, I went on COVID testing, had 24 hours. Yeah, it was when um, I, I was on Sean's podcast. I didn't feel very well at all. I had such a headache. And I had like shooting headaches and dizzy spells for like three days, um, like lack of breath, um, like flu-like symptoms, blocked sinuses. So I was like, oh, no, I've, I've got the vid. So um, I went and got COVID tested and um, I was all fine. And I, mean, I think Tank got it, didn't he? I think I, I saw on his Instagram. Yeah, story. he did. Did I? Um, I, I? I know a couple of people have had it. My cousin, um, who I, I don't speak to like directly ever, really, but um, she <laughs> she said um, on either a Facebook or a Instagram or something that like she she'd had COVID pretty bad, and you know she's, she's younger than me. I don't think she. I think she might might be about 30, 32-ish. Um, and she Have long out. COVID. Yeah. And she's uh, she's still, she went for a run and she said it was awful. It was, she could yeah. run for, she could run for about two, three minutes and then she'd have to walk. Tried doing two miles, which you and I both know is more than achievable. It's not, it's not a difficult task to run yeah. two miles. She's absolutely bollocks afterwards. But she did it, which um, which is which is an achievement if she has been affected badly by it. It's it's just one of those. My things. um my SNC coach Reese, so the bald guy you'll see in some of my stories or my videos if you watch mm-hmm. him. Um, my bald SNC coach, bald Reese. Um, he's suffered really badly from um, when he was one of the earliest people I know to have COVID. Um. Uh, and he uh, isolated um, his temperature was up over 100 and his breathing really started struggling to the point where um, they were like, look, if um, if your lips start going blue, um, call an ambulance because you're going to die, basically. 
uh, and that was the medical <laughs> advice they give him. I said, look, we, you can come in, but we don't have any beds available. You'll have to sleep in the hallway or you can stay at home. And basically, if you degrade, we'll have an ambulance with you. Like we put your address on like red alert. So if you if you call from your, from your phone, then um, an ambulance will be with you. ASAP. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what people don't understand, isn't it? With this this whole pandemic is that there's, there's, there's people I've worked with that... Um, well, a person that I've worked with that she she had it, no symptoms. I don't. I haven't spoken to her since she had it because she hasn't actually worked. I don't think. But um, her frame of mind could be, well, it's not that bad. So let's just get back out there. But then there's there's a guy that like your your S and C coach, who in my head is going to be a fit, healthy, fit healthy, dead. Guy. But potentially is on his deathbed and then what people don't seem to recognize is that you could be one of those people that don't really suffer but then you mix with somebody who then mixes with somebody else and they're well it's their nan it's their mum their dad that's where the issue is the youth the afraid the old mm-hmm. and then yeah and the other thing that um i don't think the general public sort of has grasped over this whole thing is that I don't think the government has handled it perfectly by any means. And I don't think anybody would, would tell me unless they're a, a member of the Tory party would tell me that they've, they've made the right decisions at critical times. But I don't think the, in general, when people said, Oh, just let us make our own decisions. We'll do this. We'll do that. I don't think that was ever not their intention. <laughs> Their intention was always just to make sure that there weren't people like your strength and conditioning coach that wasn't going to have a bed. Yeah. Um, and what people weren't looking at was effectively is how quickly this thing does spread. Like, oh, it's no worse than the flu. It's not. But but if it infects a certain amount of people and your local hospitals, doctors, etc., can't can't cope with it that's where we have a problem it's not it's not a problem if for most well, people... the, the, the best way i've had it put to me was um someone who's brutally honest said look they're not worried about people dying uh, people die every day um they're worried about everyone dying at the same time so basically the old the sick um the 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 really young the pregnant mm-hmm. um people with different sort of effects people who make bad health choices if all these people go down at once uh, and everyone starts sort of crashing the system and the system goes over work, we have bodies backing up left, right and centre, which obviously makes things worse in the long term. And then you start having um, companies shutting down because obviously all their staff's not very well and different things. Then you have people left, right and centre. And it just sort of all of a sudden, the whole system falls, falls down. And it's understandable. I just wish we'd made our mind up early. Like, first of all, we're going to go for group uh, herd, herd immunity which meant that we would gradually get sick as we went um, but that didn't happen they just closed it all up and changed their mind and then when they changed their mind they, we were sort of stuck between two plans and it just sort of seemed as if there was too many people with um, with in, in, input rather than sticking to one plan it was like they had nine different plans all working against each other and it just doesn't help and then it doesn't help when there's people who are using um, obviously a time like this to line their own pockets and yeah. sell PPE to their 
their neighbors. Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing that frustrates a lot of people, isn't it? It's the, um, the profiteering. Uh, Yeah. Profiteering out of a um, pretty shit situation. Right, mate. I reckon I'm going to let you go because you are due a nap. And we've been going for what? I'm sorry, mate. I don't mean to keep yawning. I'm struggling. That's all. No, I know. I know you are. <laughs> and I understand. Like you're doing me a favour. Um, at, like half a oh. day's notice to um to go back in the beers, man. Enjoy your Wednesday. Oh no, I was only I only have a a beer and a whiskey and um I uh, stopped for <laughs> Just for a little bit of background, the reason I'm this tired was um. I had a really hard day's training yesterday. I did two sessions this morning, which were quite intense. But I didn't sleep very good last night. Um, I had a coffee too late because I had to speed away in this course. So um, I, I couldn't sleep last night until 1 a.m. basically. And then I was up at 6. So I slept for like five hours. So I am on death's door at the minute, especially after two hard sessions. So I am going to go and have a sleep for an hour and 10 minutes uh, before I got to get back up to training again. So all yeah. funny games. I've got the uh, I've got the voice note to confirm that he was at a speed awareness course <laughs> yesterday as well. Um, I can't remember how long I had to wait for a reply, but it was a it was a fair bit, wasn't it? A couple of hours. But yeah, I we... um, I took a video actually. Um, I videoed myself before he come on, and then um, as soon as he, he come on, they started reading out what happens if you take photos or um, video the meeting. I was like, I'm not, I'm I'm not gonna do that again because <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently you can get three points set fine. And they'll send you to court if you um, film or take photos of a speed awareness course, which is complete bollocks. Let me film myself. Listen to Steve. Big Steve. (laughs) That was my driving. Driving awareness instructor. Big Steve. Yeah. I bet Big Steve never speeds, does he? Right. You reckon that um, his average speed on his car, because of um, where he drives to work, um, and because he's not, oh, he hits the A road, he's at Birmingham way and always in traffic. He reckon his average speed in his car is 17 miles per hour. 17. 17. He's what a boring shit. lifestyle. He's for the shit. For, do you know what I mean? 95 over keepers, you want me going? 95 <laughs> yeah. over keepers. That guy, 95 <laughs> miles per hour on two wheels. Yeah. And to be fair, you don't, I, you don't leave your drive slower than 17 miles an hour, do you? I certainly don't know. And it's a 90 degree hairpin pen, you know what I mean? It's fucking put the bar up and rag it round. It's in reverse as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Oh. I'll, I'll let you get on. Um, let's um, let's have a chat. Maybe do a, another one in a week or two. Yeah, d- definitely, it- definitely. Just drop me a message whenever. You know, yeah, yeah. and I'll uh, let me know when you're coming into the restaurant again, and I'll. Um, I won't tell. I won't tell Matt. Oh man, I want to diet now until I fight. I want to cut out my grabs again now, I, and everything's I, going well. I can do you chicken, mate. It's fine. Do you chicken? Stop recording. Salad. I'll tell you where I am. <laughs> um, stop recording. I'll tell you where I am. So I'll speak to you in a bit. All right, Thanks man. for having me on. All right, man. Catch you in a bit. Bye. 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 up your butt does not make you a chicken. I drink your milkshake. I hate most people. Obsessive. 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 Inversive. Inversive.